blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. You are also welcome to hit that all the time. We're in the Tulsa Oilers studio reminding you that anytime they are home and you buy some you know, inexpensive seats, if you will, up high, we do what we call a blitz upgrade. We'll call some of those seat numbers during the game and take you right down and put you by the action. It's the upgrade, the blitz upgrade from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. Here at 836, here's a guy who's smiling, finally has something good to talk about. It is Tyler Cass from KTHV in Little Rock, our Arkansas insider. How about that? You got a win, and who else? You beat my Aggies. Yeah, look at that. What, what a concept. Arkansas basketball winning an SEC game. Uh, they made it far, far more dramatic than it needed to be. It really should have been. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if they are, do happen to be at least, you know, on the committee's radar, that team sheet's just going to say W. It's not going to say yep. blew a 20-point lead and mm-hmm. required a last-second shot to win. <laughs> You're right about that. Now, when you look at numbers in this one, neither team shot well. Neither team shot from three points. matter of fact, A&M shot dreadfully. But Arkansas went to the free-throw line 40 times last night, obviously more aggressive to the hoop. Yeah, I mean, and the, the numbers are a little weird in this one, which I, I think some of that is just inherent in a Texas A&M basketball game. Uh, especially this year, because that's what this A&M team is. I mean, they are, well, I, I think they are the worst three-point shooting team in the conference, mm-hmm. but then they, they rebound all those misses. That's why, I mean, they they shot the ball, I want to say, like between 20 and 25 more times in Arkansas because you, you're just not going to keep them off the glass entirely. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the Razorbacks, in the second half uh, – Tremont Mark was the only player to to hit a shot from the field for the Hogs for the first almost 11 minutes of game action in the second half uh, and actually the last four minutes of the first half too. Uh, So it was almost 15 minutes of game time there in a row where Tremont Mark was the only guy who could hit a field goal. And the rest of the team kind of realized that. And if Mark wasn't the one taking the shot, everyone else was – well, let's just get to the basket yeah. and maybe get a foul. So, I mean, it, it was pretty pitiful shooting performance from both teams. But yeah. And they each, they each pretty much had, had one guy. Mark for the Razorbacks, Wade Taylor for the Aggies. I mean, he dropped, uh, what, 41 points? Mm-hmm. But did it uh, a lot less efficient shooting than Mark, who got like 20 from the free throw line. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the A&M was 24 of 74. Arkansas, 20 of 51. A&M, 6 of 29 from 3. 6 of 29. Arkansas, 7 of 19. But at the free throw line, outscored them 31-23. That's the difference, the 8 points there at the free throw line. And to your point on rebounds, 47-35, to 35, A&M won on the boards. Get this, 19-3 to 3 offensive rebounds, A&M. You read me those two stats, I would swear to you they won the basketball game. Yeah, and I think, I mean, some of it uh, was by design. Uh, it, it was almost like Muss was not conceding the offensive glass, mm-hmm. but conceding the fact that they were going to be out-rebounded there because, again, that's what A&M does. Mm-hmm. And, all right, what can we do in other facets of the game? And I, I think it was, uh, you know, like to get get to the free-throw line mm-hmm. and just make sure they shoot how they shoot. I mean, what did you say? Uh, they, they finished with six made three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember they either had at halftime that was – either zero or one, not not more than that. So they actually kind of turned it on a little in the second half, and that's part of how that comeback happened. 
Um, but, I mean, look, all in all, I'm struggling to take too much positive away from this game just because I think a lot of it had to do with opponents. Not that A&M is bad, but A&M is bad at very specific things yes. that worked in the Razorback advantage yesterday. And, again, the, the game plan was very Aggie-based. I mean, Chandler Lawson in the starting lineup is not something I think you're going to see a lot from Arkansas, but you saw that yesterday. and It worked out. I mean, he only had two points, but in that first ten minutes there when he was on the floor, I think he had like four or five rebounds, four assists. So, again, it was a very specific game plan, a weird one. It's always weird when they have the, the winter weather games up in Fayetteville yeah. where everyone's kind of walking to the game. They made it so that it was $10 at the door to get in if you could get through the ice and snow. And then after the first media timeout, there was no more assigned seats. So you had to either find your seat if you wanted your assigned seat in the first four minutes. After that, everyone was allowed to move down and sit wherever they wanted. So, you know, people get a little feisty in those games. You know, kudos to that, though, because not enough schools will do that. Enough of them, when there's nobody in the arena, will by God, you you bought a ticket up high, you're staying up high. That's silly. It looks bad on television. Give them the opportunity. Now, I understand why the people down low who paid for those tickets might be a little upset when Jethro, their neighbor, <laughs> comes down and sits next to them. You know, uh, the Clampets are down there, and I, I think I get that. But I think that's kudos to the Arkansas Razorbacks for doing that. And I agree. Those games when you walk in the arena early. And you might as well be the only one in there because you kind of, kind of are. It does feel really odd. Yeah, and I mean, look, I I don't think the policy applied to uh, actual floor seats, um, though that would have been an interesting, I guess, mad dash there at the uh, the under sixteen timeout. But yeah, I mean, especially looking better on TV. And I wasn't up there; I was back in Little Rock because I mean, we're not getting on the the highway when everything's frozen like that. And uh, it, it looked good. It sounded good. And mm-hmm. no one is more cognizant of that in the SEC, maybe college basketball, than Eric Musselman. He, he's all about perception. Yeah. I think that definitely played a role. They did play good defense last night, had nine blocks, only turned it over eight times. All right, so you already kind of answered this, but I'm going to ask anyway. And again, we're talking to Tyler Cass, our Arkansas insider in KTHV in Little Rock, talk right now about basketball. You, you said you don't want to take too much from this, but – you found a way, you won, even if it was a very specific game plan against a very specific team. Who cares? You did. You're convinced it doesn't mean much more? No, I mean, look, it's, you know, the very old cliche of, you know, you just got to see the ball go go through the net. You know, <laughs> yeah. a, guy's, a guy's not shooting well, even if it's a free throw. And, again, I'm, I, that's a little overstating. You know, I mean, this is a Texan team that just beat Kentucky. It's not like this was nobody. Uh, it's not like this was Vanderbilt. But – I think just learning how to win and then figuring some things out, even though, like I said, it was a rotation that especially at first was very much based on the the specific tendencies of Texas A&M, there were still some, some bigger overall things. I mean, Tremont Mark, we've seen flashes under Selvin. I mean, he, he has been for most of the games that he's played the, the, the team's leading scorer when he gets the minutes and, Last night he was the only scorer for large, large swaths of the game, and it kind of feels like that's what's going to have to be the rest of the way. And then the other interesting flip side of that was the guys who didn't play at all. I mean, Caleb Battle was someone who early on looked like he could be a go-to guy for this team, but I think what Must is starting to kind of go towards is, hey, maybe I overdid it in the portal on – 
you know, number one guys, guys who on their smaller team, they're not, you know, power five or power six for basketball team, were the leading scorer, were the guy, and then they all get together at Arkansas and doesn't mesh because everyone's trying to be the guy. Um, and I think Caleb Battle might be, you know, one, one of those players where he kind of needs the ball in his hand, kind of needs to be the one the offense is going to go through and is taking all the shots. And Tremont Marks the same kind of player. And if Tremont Marks the one who's more capable of doing that in the SEC, then those minutes are going to dry up for, uh, for the other guys. And last night it worked. Uh, going forward against, you know, perhaps some more well-rounded teams, I'm not sure if it does, but I, I think it's, it's going to be a very case-by-case basis with this team. And I, I don't think they ever truly settle on a starting five. A couple more minutes here with Tyler Cass, our Arkansas insider. If you'd like to ask a question about what's happening over in Hogland, you can at 918-262-5072. At 844, Rick Corey, and that's Bryce Hulse. Tyler, you mentioned Caleb Battle and how you know he hasn't had as much production recently. I used to look at this Arkansas team as – as one that really needed to, you know, have a lot of success from their bench, and that wasn't really the case against Texas A&M. Do you think it's uh, relieving in a way to see that they can win in situations like that where there isn't that much production? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think going into this season, there was so much talk about, oh, this is the deepest team that Eric Musselman's had at Arkansas. Uh, he's always been a, a kind of short, short bench guy. He usually settles on seven guys about who are going to see most of the playing time and that's about it but it was always kind of by necessity it felt like and this year it was oh man how, how are they going to have enough minutes for all these guys but I mean I think Musk kind of bought into that a little bit too with with all the different rotations he was trying but then last night he even said it in the post game um, when specifically when asked about battle not playing was he said yeah that was a coach's decision um I, I'm, you know, shortened it down to seven, eight guys who are out there, and uh, we get. But he also said that doesn't mean it's going to be the same seven, eight guys in the next game. So, I, I think really, I mean, a big part of last night was Tremont Mark was on. No one else was. They realized that they lean into it, and and everything else around him just became complimentary. But I do think that Muss is kind of going to revert back to the last couple years, and we'll see seven to eight guys get real minutes every game, and then the only way anyone else gets in is mop-up duty. I do think that those two, three guys off the bench are going to rotate a bit more based on opponent, but it's not going to be, you know, eight to nine, ten guys cycling in and out throughout a game. I love hearing your little one in the background, by the way. You talk about sports in the kitchen table. That's what we're doing here. All right, before we leave uh, the uh, Hogland area, tell us what's that. You hear anything out of the football office at all? Now, I mean, they, they're fully staffed up now. They, they made things official with Ronnie Fouch, wide receiver coach, uh, coming out of Missouri State. Like I said, you know, Petrino guy, coached under Petrino already, and they're clearly letting Bobby call the shots. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in between portals right now, so mm-hmm. everything's just kind of under wraps. And I, I hope they weren't out there practicing in the last few days mm-hmm. cause Look, I know this about about Arkansas. If it's if it's bad enough in Little Rock where I can't turn my sink on right now because the pipes froze overnight, I swear <laughs> I was dripping. Up. I don't know what happened. Then Fayetteville's five times worse, if not more. So mm-hmm. everything's kind of under freeze up there, which is wild because yesterday marked one month till baseball season, but Gosh. somehow 
somehow the the baseball gods always come through. Opening weekend in Fayetteville tends to be gorgeous. Then it gets cold and miserable, and there's nothing worse than shooting a Tuesday night baseball game for eight innings in the cold. But there's hope on the horizon. Yeah, you got to you got to think so. Um, all right, so we know baseball is going to be pretty good, no doubt. Softball is going to be pretty good. Oklahoma preseason softball number one yesterday. What is it in coming up in the spring you're most looking forward to, other than say spring football? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I am a baseball guy. I, I I grew up in L.A. going to UCLA games um, when they were really good, despite the fact that they play in the smallest stadium that you could ever imagine. The seats less than 1,500 people, and there's like a bird sanctuary thing out in the outfield. It's a really interesting place to watch high-level college baseball. So, so Bomb Walker, for me, is just – it's it's amazing. I don't know if you guys have ever been out there for a game. I've been on campus at UCLA, is. but I've never seen that facility. Oh no, Bomb Walkers, Arkansas. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Here's the UCLA. Yeah. You know, no, the UCLA baseball field is not on campus, uh, similar to how the Rose Bowl right. is 45 minutes away. Um, the the baseball stadium, it's only it's about 15 minutes from campus. It's in the back of a mm-hmm. VA parking lot. It's really weird how they just kind of shoved. It. I mean, this is a program that wins national championships. Yeah. yeah. No, bomb, the bomb for for Arkansas is is a jewel. Yes. It's, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's uh, it, they they pack it out. I mean. Even midweek games, you're getting six, seven thousand. SEC weekend with twelve thousand, thirteen thousand there, it's great. Um, and I, I love those crowds. And then softball too. It's it's been really cool to watch because in my, you know, six going on seven years here now, that's really been the growth of Arkansas softball um, under Courtney Dyfel. I mean, I, I've got to see their first time hosting a regional, then their first time winning a regional, then their first time hosting a super. Uh, and Bogle Park, where they play, is great, but they're going to have to figure out some way to expand it here pretty soon uh, at the rate they're going because they're they're not going backwards at all. They they just keep getting better and better. Yeah, well, you have to come over and take a look at Love Field because they are they are making really good progress on Oklahoma's new softball stadium. So well deserved for Patty and her team as well. Well, Tyler, look, you go take care of that little one. Thank you for the visit, and let's uh, let's hope Musk can keep him going. Yeah, Elliot's over here just real excited about the Razorback win. It was past his bedtime last night, so right now is the first he's hearing about it. There you go. All right, it's 8.50 on the Blitz 1170. That's our Arkansas insider, Tyler Kess. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Hulse in the next room. Before we take this break, I want to remind you about Triad Eye Institute and their $3,600 LASIK special because you are running out of time. I've told you this before because we thought December was going to be the last month, but they got so far behind, and there were so many people who wanted to do it but couldn't schedule because of holidays, they said, you know what, we're just going to go on into January. So they did, but I have been told this is it. This is the last month. The $3,600 special ends at the end of January. February 1, Lacey costs more. Now, I'm sure there will be specials during the year. Don't have any idea how much they'll be. I know this. This is the least amount you will ever pay for LASIK at Triad. $3,600 is as cheap as it's going to get. I also know... They have 0% financing available. You'd have to ask to qualify. And you also have a free opportunity to make sure LASIK is the surgery you need to correct your vision. I got to tell you, in all the things I've ever done for myself, my eye surgery was the best. There's nothing like being able to see again, being able to read the small print, being able to read the small uh, print on my phone or on my computer right here where I'm looking down at the temperature, 18 whole degrees. But that's that little tiny print at the bottom. I used to have to have reading glasses to read. And then that was irritating because you have to look over the top of them and you look like Ben Franklin, you know, because then you're trying to read the big, oh, it was awful. I hated it. 
And there was a time when, all right, fine, now I need something to read on the highway. Oh, I hated that. So I went and had refractive lens exchange because that's what I needed at Triad. And it corrected my vision. And for five years, I haven't worn contacts or glasses, and I'll never have to. Never, ever. It's going to be this way forever. I want you to experience what it's like to be able to see again. So get the free screening in Tulsa, Bartlesville, Muskogee, Pryor, Claremore, McAllister, uh, any of those, Grove, any of those places. Get the free screening. If it works and you get, you know, if that's what you need, and then if you can qualify for that 0% financing, all you have to do is make the decision to say yes. And then Dr. Ryan Conley, a fellowship-trained cornea expert, will change your life. He did mine. You want to call 918-252-2020. It's 918-252-2020 so you can see more of your 2024 with Triad Eye Institute. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 